we welcome you to the preaching service of the Scotts Fork Christian Church. We are so happy to have you with us. I'm Otis Clark, and I am the minister. I hope that you had a nice Lord's Day uh, last Sunday throughout our world. Hopefully thousands and thousands of people took time in a special way to thank the Father for his blessed Son, Jesus Christ, the hope of the world. This morning, we are going to talk on a subject entitled, On the Road to Emmaus. And we're going to be reading in the Gospel of Luke, the 24th chapter, starting with verse 13 and reading through verse 35. If you will, let's listen to the word of the Lord. Now, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. Uh, And the Bible says, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. And one of them named Cleophas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in those days? What things, he asked, about Jesus of Nazareth? They replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day, and all of this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are, how slow to be uh, believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was sold, said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he sat at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem, and there they found the eleven and those uh, and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Now let's notice a thing or two here on the front end is Jesus' appearance to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus shows us how they came to recognize that Jesus was indeed alive. Jesus was crucified 30, on Friday, 30 AD. He was buried in a tomb and before sundown on that same day. 
But three days later, on the first day of the week, that is on Sunday, at dawn, several women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared in order to anoint the body of Jesus, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Two angels told this perplexed, the perplexed women, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. What a tremendous, tremendous message then and for all time. The first evidence that Jesus or that Luke provided for the resurrection of Jesus, first of all, in 24.3, was the empty tomb. Secondly, uh, was the angelic announcement. And then thirdly, the evidence was Jesus' appearance to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Now, friends, uh, this is uh, kind of a hard portion of Scripture to understand, but we can understand it, and uh, we have to take our time and seek to see what Jesus is saying and uh, what the different ones who had seen Jesus were saying. Uh, scripture records ten appearances of Jesus following his resurrection until his ascension into heaven. We know that Christ was on the earth. 40 days after his resurrection. And we read about that in Acts 1-3. And then we read uh, uh, in the second chapter about the day of Pentecost, and the word Pentecost means 50th. Seven times seven equals 49, and 50 would be the first day of the week. And as you read about Peter's sermon, a first gospel sermon. You see, the gospel is the fact that Jesus died and was buried and rose again. We did not have the gospel until Jesus came forth from the grave, that he conquered the grave. He arose. He's not here. He's alive. And we have the good news. And that's what we must believe. And that's what we must accept. And so of all of Jesus's appearance after his resurrection, his appearance to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus is the most detailed and the most vivid. The appearance, appearance took place on Resurrection Sunday, 30 AD, the day Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus' appearance to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus shows us how that they came to recognize that Jesus was indeed alive. We will look at this scripture as we break it down. Uh, first of all, there will be, we'll read about the reunion with Jesus, and we read about that in Luke 24, 13 through 16. Then we'll read about the request from Jesus in Luke 24, 17. Thirdly, the reply to Jesus in Luke 24, 18 through 24. The rebuke by Jesus in 24, 25 through 27. The recognition of Jesus in 28 through 32, I beg your pardon, and then the report about Jesus in Luke 24, 33 through 35. First of all, let's talk about the reunion with Jesus. When the two disciples were walking along, presumably late on Sunday afternoon, they were talking with each other about all things that had happened concerning his death and his burial and his resurrection and his disappearance from the tomb. Luke said that while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. And here is an interesting statement in all through my preaching that is, it's just been kind of hard to understand. And it says, but their eyes were kept 
from recognizing him. And uh, I'll, we'll see here in just a moment what is a part of that, why that happened. Although Jesus was now in a glorified state after his resurrection from the dead, it is clear that he had a body that was similar to his former human body. The two disciples walking to Emmaus thought he was just another traveler or they did not recognize him. However, their lack of recognition, get a hold of this, was a divine act. And Luke says that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Now that is very, very interesting to read. And we read uh, elsewhere in the, in the Corinthian letter, in the book of Acts, about eyes being opened. And uh, certainly we could say it like this, uh, that God must open our eyes before we can know Christ, or our eyes have got to be opened. Growing up as uh, a young man, starting at a young age, all the way to where I am in my life now, I've loved the beautiful hymn that says, open my eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Open my eyes that I might see. And so this is uh, what it says in the holy book at, at this point in time. Now let me make a comment here about glorified bodies. We're talking about Jesus dying, being buried and all is uh, what about us when we die? Well, we know it says in the Corinthian letter, to be absent in the body is to be present with Christ. And uh, oftentimes I take people in this very book of Luke and read about the rich man and Lazarus, and you've read that account probably many a time. We know the rich man died and, uh, and Lazarus died. And, uh, and that's something all of us are gonna do. And then it says that the uh, rich man lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. And so people ask, what happens to my soul? What happens to me when I die? Is that we, those who have sought to live the Christian life, they go to be in paradise in Abraham's bosom. And the rich man who had not lived as he ought to have lived, he died and he went to torment, went to hell. So my point is, too, as you continue to look at that, is that they both recognized each other. The rich man said, if I could go back and, and if I could talk to my brothers, I know they will repent. I know they will change. And, and we know what was said to him, that uh, you cannot go back. Uh, there is a gulf and you cannot go back and speak to your brothers. But they did recognize each other. And so we refer to Jesus' body after he came from the tomb, that he had a glorified body. Uh, and that also this is a type of body we will have uh, after we leave this world until the final judgment when we will be given our eternal body. Then we read, as I continue to read here, there was a request from Jesus. And, uh, and as they were walking along, Jesus said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And as they stood still, two were sad and, and had happened to, uh, what had happened uh, to Jesus. But they were so surprised that someone from Jerusalem was unaware that all the recent news that they literally stopped in their tracks. Jesus, of course, was engaging them in a way that would enable them to share the good news about his resurrection. And then in verses 18 through 24, there is the reply of Jesus. Then one of them, named Cleophas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Apparently, everyone in Jerusalem 
was talking about what had happened to Jesus. And there's some uh, irony here uh, in the answer. In truth, Cleophas was the one who did not know what was happening in Jerusalem. Jesus knew it all better than anyone, for it had happened to him. And instead of being the only person who did not know what was happening, Jesus was the only person who did. Nevertheless, Jesus asked another question. And he said to them, what things? And Jesus wanted the two disciples to explain what they knew. And by the way, this is important. Asking questions is a good way to, to, to get people to clarify what they know about Jesus. And so we read in verses 19b through 21a, the answer that the two disciples gave, they said, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned in death and crucified. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. And so the two disciples articulated what so many people in Jesus' day were hoping for. They were looking for someone to redeem Israel. But like almost everyone else, they were hoping for a political or a military redeemer from the Roman oppression. But instead, Jesus was a spiritual redeemer to take people from their sins. With this answer of the two disciples, it says, yes, inside all of this, it is now the third day since these things happened. And uh, moreover, some women of our company amazed us. Uh, they were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they had, did not find the body, they came back saying that they had not had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. There's an important thing to see here, people. Get ready. Please listen to this. The gospel without the resurrection is not merely a gospel without its final chapters. It is not a gospel at all. Prophecy after prophecy had been made about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Isaiah and Isaiah 53 spoke about this 800 years before the resurrection ever took place. Everything hinges on the fact that when we die, that we're going to live again. And if we have been his child, have been faithful, have sought to live right, have sought to do right, do the right things, then we are going to live for eternity. There is no good news unless Jesus rose from the dead. The gospel is the crucifixion plus the resurrection, which equals forgiveness for our sins and everlasting joy in the presence of God. And then there's the rebuke of Jesus. Notice what happens here. Jesus rebuked them. And he said to them, Oh, foolish ones, slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. The disciples had what we call the Old Testament. And had they believed what was written there, they would have known that the Messiah would come as a spiritual redeemer. And Jesus continued, Was it not necessary? that the Christ should suffer these things, enter into his glory, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning him. Jesus preached to them the good news of the gospel from the Old Testament. And I'd give anything if we could go back and maybe uh, could have been a there present and hear what Jesus said in this sermon that he preached. So exactly... What did he say? The things concerning himself that we talked about. 
Well, they have been summarized, and, uh, and this is what has been said in that summarization. In what way did our Lord show things concerning himself in every part of the Old Testament field? The answer to these questions is short and simple. Christ was the substance of every Old Testament sacrifice ordained in the law of Moses. Christ was the true deliverer and king of all of whom all the judges and deliverers in Jewish history were types. Christ was the coming prophet greater than Moses. And Christ was the true seed of a woman who was to bruise the serpent's head. The true seed in whom all nations were to be blessed. The true Shiloh to whom the people were to be gathered. The true scapegoat. The true brazen serpent. The true lamb to which every daily offering pointed. The true high priest of whom every descendant of Aaron was a figure. These things and some are something like them. We need not doubt or some of the things which our Lord expounded in the way to Emmaus. And then fifthly, the recognition of Jesus. This is so proud. The two wanted Jesus to stay with them. They urged him strongly, as excuse me, as we have read, to stay with them. How glad Jesus must have been to have had two of his disciples urge him to stay with them. How it gladdened his heart when his disciples want to spend time with him. Of course, these two disciples wanted this stranger to continue explaining the word of God to them and how thrilled they must have been when they finally realized who was actually in their home. And one person has said if they had not invited him, he would have passed on and they would have forfeited the inexpressible privilege of discovering that it was the risen Lord who had been with them and who had instructed them. Jesus was at the table with the two disciples. The Bible tells us he took the bread and blessed it and broke it, and he gave it to them. And then the Bible says, and their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. Here again, it was a divine act that enabled them to recognize Jesus because Luke said that their eyes were opened. And friends, um, probably most of you know that the Christian church and Church of Christ we partake of the Lord's Supper every Lord's Day. Personally, I cannot imagine having a worship service and not partaking of the Lord's Supper because as we go back and study the early church and why we do it is because it is a precedent, precedent that we see in the Bible that every time the Christians met together, they broke the bread and they drank the cup. To me, every Sunday, I look forward to that time because it is a time when I know my eyes are open more keenly because I seek to zero in solely on Jesus Christ, repent of my sins, ask for his forgiveness, ask him to give me the strength to get over things that are in a process maybe that are overtaking me. But that is a central part of the worship service. This do in remembrance of me. Remember me so that when I come again, you will be found faithful. And so it says their eyes were opened. God must open the eyes of every sinner in order to see Jesus savingly. By nature, we are spiritually dead. We're unable to see who Jesus is. But God opens our eyes spiritually to see Jesus as our Lord and Savior. As soon as they recognized Jesus, that he vanished from their sight. In the days following his resurrection, 
Jesus was showing his disciples that he really had risen from the dead and they saw him, his visible presence was no longer necessary. Then the two disciples said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And we need to notice that's a fantastic statement which has been made. Their hearts did not burn when they saw Jesus. Their hearts burned within them while Jesus talked to them on the road and while he opened to them the scriptures. Jesus' revelation of to him, himself to them is simply confirmed by the word of God to them. What a powerful statement. You see, the point is that every person today may share in similar happenings in that it, it was with the opening of the scriptures that caused their hearts to burn. If you are, were converted to Christ as an adult, you will recall how God's word came alive after your conversion. After your conversion, there have been times when you have been studied the word of God and your heart burned within you. That happens, friends, when you see Christ in the scriptures. I was so touched. I spent the day Friday with a friend, and he told me about his daughter. And his daughter had commented this past week. She said to her dad, I have been hungry for God. A young person, about 12 or 13 years old, isn't that unreal? Uh, my heart is hungering for the things of God. And so, friends, we need to see how important that is, uh, that uh, uh, the reading the scriptures and studying the scripture. You cannot know God's ways. You cannot know the love of God. You cannot know all that you need to know without being a person who studies the word of God. And then the last thing, the report about Jesus. As they arose that came same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and those who were gathered together, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. His journey back to Jerusalem would have taken them about two hours. Now it is dark. And it was dangerous to be out on the road after dark, but they were so excited that Jesus was alive that they had to share the good news with others. In a very short space of time, the apostles saw Jesus. They came to believe in the reality of Jesus' resurrection. While the apostles did not expect resurrection, once they saw it, they were ready to die for the faith because they knew that death could not conquer them. That is so true, and it is believed that all, but that all but one of the apostles were martyred for their belief in Jesus and his resurrection. What about you? Do we have that kind of a desire, the desire to share Christ with others? Just read this past week about what they say is happening in the Lord's work all over the world, and especially here in America, and they were saying that... Uh, that evangelism is lost, that uh, we have lost a sense of lostness. Uh, maybe many people no longer feel that no one is going to be lost. But it says in the Holy Scriptures that if we're going to get to heaven, we are going to have to be a people who believe in him who have confessed our faith and believe in him, who have repented of our sins, who have been baptized into Christ for the remission of our sins and then living a life of faith. What about you? Do you believe that Jesus is alive? 
If you do believe that Jesus is alive, tell others about it. And certainly, certainly, you will be blessed. Let us follow the example of the two Emmaus disciples who risked their life and limb to rush back to Jerusalem to tell their friends and loved ones that Jesus indeed is alive. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this time to study your word. And I just pray, just pray that everyone listening has had someone to steer them in the direction of getting to know Jesus Christ, can have no greater friend, the one who died for every one of us. And no matter what we have done, he will forgive our past and he will help us in the present. And certainly, as it says in the last verse of the 28th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, that he will be with us all the way, even to the end of the world. Friends, if you don't know Christ, please find someone. You can call me, Otis Clark, at the Scots Four Christian Church. Leave a message, uh, 859-792-6829, and I'll be happy to get back to you and talk about becoming a Christian. Just bless every listener. Bless our shut-ins. Bless our people who are lonely. Help us to help them with their loneliness. Just guide us and help us. In the Master's name we pray. Amen. Amen.